Welcome to the Beyond Intent Podcast. This is Andre, and on behalf of myself and my two co-hosts, Adrian and TJ, we would like to thank you for listening to the podcast. But real quick, we got a quick message for you. You'll notice these first two episodes that the podcast is named something different. So now the podcast formerly known as Be Heard is now Beyond Intent. Thank you. And we hope you enjoy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Beyond Intent podcast. I'm your host, TJ Dickerman, here with my good friend, Dr. Adrian Wilkins. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you doing today? Living the dream, man. Living the dream. All right. I had my coffee, and I'm ready to go. And this morning, we got none other than our good friend, the other part, the, the final part of our trio. I started to call him Dr. Dre, but he is none other than... <laughs> Andre Barry Lesec, and you know he he's done many things in his life. You know, founder and CEO of One Dream for Your Distraction, who I had the opportunity to work with at one time. He played in arena football. I think he had a football team as well that he owned. He's a co-founder of Real Brothers, and uh, he's an all-around great businessman. And the part that resonates the most to me. He's a fireman as well. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, so, is a fire. Good morning. Ray, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, fellas. I'm doing amazing. Oh, that's great. That's great. It's a good day. It's a good day. Yes, it is. And I'm not just saying that because Big E won the WWE title last night. <laughs> I heard. I heard. I saw it all over uh, your face. Yeah. <laughs> so, so today, this morning... Andre, what we're going to do, we're going to call an audible, and we're going to switch to what we call our two-minute drill. You can do it! At oh, the beginning, we're going to throw some questions at you, and you have to answer the first thing that comes off the top of your head when you hear the question, and I've got the first question for you. Why the Dallas Cowboys, of all teams, why <laughs> your drill? How about I, I got to say, I, I wasn't expecting that question to come up um i receive a lot of hate off this question so it's okay. um, you know it it was the first football team i ever saw um my whole family loves the dallas cowboys and the first game i saw they were on tv you know it was the whole emmett aikman and irving era and i fell in love with it and you know tried to imitate them and, and and everything and of course they were winners and i identify with being a winner so that is why i love the dallas cowboys nice so you're a modern day or you're a in the past the comparison <laughs> would be made that you're a patriots fan but we'll leave it at that we'll leave it at that I, i'm not even going to give you a chance to respond back to that we're going to move on <laughs> oh man <laughs> 
Uh, okay, so let's keep back into our, our two-minute drill. We we get back to rapid fire. Did you play multiple positions during your career? And if so, what was your absolute favorite? Was it the one you played, or was it one of the ones that you wish you did been able to? Oh, man. Uh, yes, I did play multiple positions. Um, anytime I would go out uh, to any team I was on, immediately it was like, you're my number one receiver. Um I played receiver one time in high school and got hit. I believe it was my freshman year, got hit horribly bad. And I asked the guy, what position do you play? And he said, I'm a safety. And I said, that's what I want to play. Um, I do not like getting hit. Um, If I could run routes downfield every time, I would be a receiver, um, but I'm a DB because I cannot catch. I catch like things I shouldn't, and uh, but things that come right to me, yeah, just it's a uh, love hate relationship with my hands. So, um, uh, I played tight end at one point. Um, I loved that uh, just because I was I, kind of the best of both worlds. I got to be physical and aggressive. Uh, but also, every once in a while, got to catch short passes, which that's kind of – that's where, where I need to be. That's my zone, anything short. Um, so – Toss it uh, in the bread bucket. Right, bread exactly. Basket, you, know? Um, you know, I played corner uh, for, for a short amount of time. I loved corner, uh, just way too much running. Uh, I, didn't, I don't like running <laughs> all the time, um, especially when somebody's as fast or faster than you. Uh, so I would have to say my favorite uh, is what I ended up landing on was safety. Um, safety is is what I like to call the the sniper of of football. Um, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily see you coming. They know where you're at, um, but you know it's too late before they know, and you kind of get those monster hits. So, um, so safety, one hundred percent. I think that was the uh, best call for me. That's good, good. That's my favorite as well. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you say safety. The first thing I think of is Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott. Ed Reed. Ed, yeah, Ed Reed. My my absolute favorite though is uh Taylor. That was the guy. Uh, I yep. to, uh, yep. Imitate all the. Yep. Time. He had such a good future ahead of him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I guess I guess that that leads to this question. Because you talk about you play receiver, DB, safety, cornerback. Was there one player that you looked up to the most, or that you would try to emulate in your uh, incorporate in your playing style, or even your lifestyle today? Uh, yeah. Um, actually, a, a couple different uh players. Uh, you know, like like I kind of mentioned before, Sean Taylor was one where I I studied a lot um what's funny uh what a lot of people don't know and this will be kind of a first for everybody is the only reason i ended up playing college football is uh my dad and i had a a sit down and uh, because i played defensive end in, in high school and i was getting recruited to be a defensive end until coaches would come see me and they're like you don't even have the size to be a defensive end. 
um, you know, unless you're planning on gaining a whole bunch of weight. So the, the film kind of set me up for, for failure because um, I actually did really well at defensive end, but uh, obviously going to the next level, I was nowhere near that weight. Um, so I, you know, had a long talk with my dad. I said, I really want to play college football. So that whole time was spent learning how to play safety and then kind of lying on how long I'd been playing safety. And that's what kind of got me into school. So kind of that fake it before you make it type deal. Um, so I actually really hadn't even been playing safety that long. So I was just studying every single safety I could and, you know, working on my footwork and it actually got me to college. And, uh, and Sean Taylor was one of those, those people that I just watched and watched and watched. And, uh, you know, once I got to college, uh, actually one of my uh, teammates who ended up being my coach, he was the one uh, I ended up looking up to, uh, CJ, CJ Harris. All right. And for the final question of our two-minute drill, Dre, if it wasn't football, what other sport might you have played? I would say it would be basketball. My mom would say it'd be football, or excuse me, baseball. And uh, a funny story that she tells is uh, I was actually recruited at a young age for baseball. Um, actually, when I was really young. And, uh, but I thought it was too, too slow. I thought it was boring. Um, and now growing up, I wish I would have played baseball, uh, seeing those paychecks. And uh, she makes fun of me every time. And I should have played baseball, and I didn't. So probably baseball. It was at this moment that he knew. Very few contracts. Yeah, yeah. The, the contracts, the yes. lack of contact. The lack of contact. Moral of the story, kids, listen to your mother. <laughs> Play baseball. So real quick before we move on to the next section, I just want to play off of that a little bit. What do you – do you uh, – if you have a semi-quick answer – are you pushing your kids away from football or what are you, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm not bringing it up unless they ask. Um, only because over the years, I guess the, the care has kind of gone down and you don't necessarily know what you're going to get. Um, and plus, you know, why, put your body through that uh you know football is a very unforgiving sport um it's not like people take care of you or you know anything like that um so if there's any way for them to you know take care of their body take care of their mind um, i'm not necessarily pushing football it would be nice you know but i'm not pushing it at all um and if they do you know 100 i'm gonna make sure i'm involved to make sure they get the the right coaching and teaching but uh, but no, I'm, I'm letting them kind of figure themselves out. And, you know, if sports is, is part of that, great. If not, you know, they're going to be amazing in whatever they do. Good answer. Good answer. Um, all right. So this is our spotlight section. Uh, Dre, you're the co-founder of Real Brothers Productions. Uh, I know lately you guys have been filming for Neco Necropolis. Um, what, uh, what all is going on over there? What's, what's new over at Real Brothers and when can we get more details about Necropolis? Yeah, a, a lot. Um, it's, it's funny uh, because a lot of people, they don't necessarily see the behind the scenes or the, you know, being an independent company, working your way up to, 
you know, making major films and doing all that. So um, I love the journey, but it absolutely sucks because, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't have a studio, you don't have a budget, and you, you know, you find it's all on your own. So, you know, a lot of people are like, is the movie coming out next month? And you just kind of look at them like, no. Seriously? Like, <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I don't know. What so, yeah, we, we're we actually doing a, a lot of stuff. Uh, we have our writer's room, or we're creating a writer's room uh, where we're creating a lot of content. And we're also bringing in, you know, some writers. And and uh, just so that we can, once, once we get to these meetings, uh, you know, we pretty much won't give anybody a reason to say no to us. You know, if they don't like the horror genre, great. You know, we've written for every other genre. So, uh, so we're writing a couple new scripts, uh, getting something off my, my writer's bucket list, uh, doing a Christmas film. Uh, you know, most of my films are films that my kids can't see for a while. Um, but, uh, so this one is very special to me. Um, this one, and, your first one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this one and uh and making a uh an animated film you know as well uh are, are kind of the two on on the top of my list that uh my kids have been very adamant about and so uh so working on the christmas one now which is hilarious um and uh you know working on a couple others some comedies some rom-coms i mean we got pretty much everything so so yeah very that's cool. that's pretty much what we've been doing um very cool. And uh, as far as Necropolis goes, you know, just the, the indie hustle, uh, you know, locations at the last minute saying no <laughs> and uh, or somebody catching COVID, COVID uh, or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, um, you know, either way, we're, we're kind of we're still moving along, you know, not as fast as we would have liked. Uh, but we you know, we're trying to set a hard date of finishing uh, by mid-November, uh, given everything goes the way it needs to uh but if not you know either way uh we're gonna get this done and uh, in distributors hands and you know in theaters or netflix or you know wherever we we need to get it very good very good i uh i'm anxious i mean we've been watching the trailers for a while and we also had the conversation before the podcast about your christmas one i think that's going to be hilarious um I I do want to retouch on the on the joke about your first movie for anybody that's ever searching uh, Dre on IMDb IMDb uh, please don't just put in his first name by itself because that is not him and that is his first movie. <laughs> so my first movie, uh, not the one that TJ mentioned, uh, but my first movie, um, although still embarrassing. Uh, you can find it on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called Tisiphone, uh with the T. And uh, I got a short little scene in there. And uh, it's not bad. The movie's not very good. But uh, nonetheless, uh, I, I enjoyed my time. And, you know, hopefully it's something I can enjoy and laugh about and grow my career with in the, uh, in the future. Okay, now we need the spelling for that. Uh, <laughs> Oh, let me see if I can spell it on the spot. T-I-S-I-P-H-O-N-I, I think. It should pop up, maybe. It's like a superhero movie. So we, we got that spelling. Is it it might be uh 
just can't get a break from life, seeking for a break, she finds herself in a nightclub. No, that doesn't. Uh, what is the uh, what is the uh, cover look like? Uh, let's see. It is like a girl with a fiery looking hand. That's it. Reaching through. Yeah. Okay. Yep. To Tiffany. Yep. All right. So it is T I S I F or E I S I P H O N E. Oh, and for anybody looking. Yes. Uh, and it is not currently available to watch in my location. I'm sad. Oh. oh. His actual first movie, uh, not the one that we, you know. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all the things you've been through and done, you know, with football and other businesses and music. We didn't even mention the music that you make. I don't know how we forgot about the music that this man has made. <laughs> This man Maybach made some music. great Maybach. sounding tracks, and they'll be great. You have some motivational speakers. He made the track that started the podcast. Yes, and he's also an editor. He's been editing our other podcasts and everything. Well, what made you decide to get into movies after you know, even what you say in the past movie that you did, your first movie wasn't that great, but you got bit by the bug somehow. What made you want to do movies? Uh, I've always been uh, attracted to movies. I didn't always necessarily want to be an actor or a screenwriter or, you know, whatever. Uh, but I've always been attracted to them and, and kind of the, I guess, the it, like the getaway from reality. And... Uh, my mom is actually who kind of put the fire in me because uh, up until this point, you know, I, I love movies and, you know, thought of maybe acting to one at some point. Um, I tried my hand early on after my football career. I don't know if you guys remember a show called Necessary Roughness uh, that had yeah. Callie Thorne in it and, uh, and, uh, and a couple other people, John Stamos. And uh, I actually got a uh, casting call uh, for that and uh, before I could get down there it was canceled so oh. um, yeah yeah show was canceled so I, I just kind of left it alone uh, but one day my mom called me and she just happened to bring up you know asked me if I was still writing and because uh, she enjoyed my, my writing when I was younger and I told her no don't have time for that you know I'm doing other stuff and uh, so she kind of challenged me she said I think you should write again and, uh, you know, maybe you should write a script. And so I kind of laughed it off. Okay, whatever, mom. Again, kids, listen to your mother. Um, <laughs> this time I did. And I was like, you know what? You talk about it every single week. I'm going to do it. And if I, if I submit this to a contest and I win an award, I'll keep writing. If I don't, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Great. It's a deal. So I, I wrote my first script. And I sent it to a couple um, screenwriting competitions, and it won all of them. Uh, so I had to kind of go with my tail between my legs and tell my mom she was right. And uh, <laughs> so all the time she she would ask, "Are you writing anything new? Are you writing anything new?" So I'd always have to have something. Uh, so I just kept writing, 
And that's kind of what kind of just put me in the mood to, you know what, this is what I wanted to do with my life. This is this is what I'm meant to do. This is my gift to the world is is writing and, you know, bringing entertainment and acting in any anything I can. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, the rest is, like I said, history. And now I, I hope to just make a, a big impact, not only in film, but, uh, you know, in people's lives, whether it's giving them hope that they can do the impossible or, you know, do what I do. Um, you know, hopefully I make it look easy enough for people to, to say they can do it, too. And that's that's a perfect segue into the next question. Uh, this is our manifest moment, and you know it, Dre. Uh, anybody that's listening episodes knows it. Uh, this is where we give our guests a chance to tell the universe what it is that they want or need the most and that they would like to come to fruition. Um, so, Dre, what would you like to manifest? You know, when you're on the other side, this question is definitely harder than it seems when you're asking. <laughs> um, there's so many things I guess you could, you know, want to ask for. Um, and I guess it kind of comes in, in like two parts for me. You know, part of it is I'm kind of wanting to, to will the universe or I guess claim to, you know, have the funding to do what I need to do with this or get the contacts uh, that I need and, and create opportunities for indie filmmakers. Uh, I know it's, it's a struggle out there. So, uh, you know, just putting me in a position to uh, make an impact. But I think more importantly, uh, I want the universe to, um, I see how hard the people work around me. And quite honestly, it's it's what motivates me is, you know, seeing the struggle, getting to see the struggles that people around me go through and then making it. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess that would be the biggest one for me is to see uh, the success that the people around me are trying to get um, come to reality. Amen. Amen. I like that. Um, I think that kind of goes with what we've, what we've all kind of said the past couple of weeks, just, you know, seeing the crew move forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, because honestly, if we're all moving in the same direction, we're all moving up, uh, exactly. because you know, the people in our circle are not the negative Nancy's We're the, we're the, you know, the dreamers. Right. And it goes to what we started a while back. I don't know if y'all remember the ring of influence. Yeah. The close circle of people who you have that will influence you to do your best. And right. again, I, I, I brag on you two all the time because you two have also influenced me to get out of my comfort zone and do things. Right. Yep. And yep. And go and to go past what roadblocks are ahead of us. Like uh, Andre, I know you played football. You had ran a business, a great red business that you closed shop on not too long ago. And you're also being a fireman, which I I see my brother-in-law do the training to become a fireman, so I know how rough y'all have it. Hmm. But during any of this time, with all the highs and the lows. When did you think that it was all over, or did was there a point in time when you were like, "This is it. I can't do this anymore"? Yeah, um, 
there there's actually been a, a a couple times where I pretty much felt like I was I was in a probably in the darkest moments of my life. Um, one of them I've I've rarely talked about, and there's just a few people who know who actually were in the uh, situation with me. But uh, for those that don't know. I got a scholarship to college and I, I started off going to junior college, then got a scholarship to go to um, a university in Kansas. And uh, my first year there, uh, I was a top prospect. Uh, things were going my way, my hometown, people in my hometown, my friends, everybody was cheering for me. Uh, I mean, it was just, it, it couldn't have gotten any better. I was on top of the world. Um, and uh, my first game, I severely broke my ankle. And um, I was I was so much in in shock, I guess, that I I denied it um, to the point where the doctor had to, like, literally move my ankle from side to side to show me it, it's not attached. Um, and I uh, even tried to to walk on it, uh, you know, when uh, I had my cast on. Um, that's that's how determined I was. Um, the doctor had a long talk with me and, and told me that suggested I just get the surgery. Um, regardless, uh, I didn't know what my future looked like for football. Uh, you know, I'm, I was still new at this school. Um, half of my team turned their back on me. Um, nobody came to visit me in the hospital. My coach wrote me off. And uh, friends back home stop calling every week um the first uh, i guess the first question out of their mouth was so you don't have an opportunity to go to the league anymore and uh you know i, I told them i don't know and and so the call stopped um so i was alone you know i was i was alone and uh, at the time i actually my wife uh she was my girlfriend at the time it was it was kind of her and uh, my family that was it but everybody else had kind of just turned their back and uh, the guy I brought up um, early on in this conversation, CJ, who uh, was my teammate, was now my coach, or excuse me, was my teammate at that point and became my coach. Um, he was really one of the reasons why I didn't give up. Um, I got addicted to pain pills like pretty bad uh, to the point of like hallucinating and I'm um, just thinking terrible thoughts. Um, football was really all I had or I thought I had. And, uh, yeah, I just felt alone. Um, I just didn't think that people would give up on you um, or like you because of, you know, what you did. Um, so I I was probably at my lowest point. Um, and I, I'll never forget uh, my mom called me and I, you know, I, I'd been crying and, uh, you know, thrown up from pain pills and hallucinated all sorts of stuff. And I remember she called me and I was just laying on my back and she, uh, she just calmly said, you know, everything happens for a reason and which made me really angry. Um, you know, I told her I didn't have football anymore. I like, what was I? I was just a student, uh, you know, and I was supposed to be this big time football player. I was supposed to play in the NFL. Like I had all these hopes and dreams. 
and they were gone. Um, and uh, she said, sometimes God puts us on our back to slow us down, mm. uh, to look up to him, to ask for help. And, uh, and he reveals things to you. Um, so of course, you know, I wasn't happy with the conversation, but you know, I, I sat there for a second and, uh, I listened to her, you know, and I, I, I kind of got a better attitude about it. And, um, so CJ came in my room and had this game plan that, and come back better, faster, stronger, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, pretty much pulled me out of bed and, you know, rehabbed after hours and uh long story short uh my ankle actually ended up healing in like two and a half weeks and the doctor took an x-ray and i can remember him calling in multiple nurses and everybody looking at the x-ray which had me worried and uh i'll never forget what he said uh he said it's like your ankle was never broke. Um, this is a fantastic recovery. And I did. I came back better, faster, stronger. And, uh, you know, I mean, you guys know the rest. You know, I ended up getting invited to NFL Pro Days, tried out for arena teams, NFL teams, CFL teams. Um, got to play in my year and a half, you know, which I'm not complaining. And, uh, yeah. You know, but uh, like I said, it, it, that was probably one of the lowest moments of my life that uh, I thank God I had people around me to to bring me through that. Yeah. Yeah. But it I mean, it shows, you know, that there's only a few really real ones outside of the, the people that you, you know, you have sometimes, you know, it's uh, right hard to find it's hard to find somebody that's going to pick you up when you're on your back like that most people will disperse like like roaches <laughs> yep um exactly but but the thing is you had somebody there um and kind of playing off of that when you know when you look back at it if you if you could say something to yourself then or even earlier what would you what would you say to your younger self i would tell my younger self to be my own hero to self-rescue and trust the process and what I mean by that uh, I think oftentimes we don't give ourselves enough credit even our younger selves um, you know looking back at my younger self uh, there's a lot that I think all of us could learn from our younger self uh, and you know self-rescue is a big thing with me. Uh, it it kind of goes into even with the fire department. You know, if you get in a bad situation, you know, self rescue. Uh, same thing with your your dreams and your goals. You can't depend on people to want it as bad as you, or to want to help you, or to want to see you succeed. You got to self rescue, and whatever that means, whether it's you got to do extra work where everybody's asleep, or you got to, you know, you trust the process. Uh, you know, it's going to get weird. It's going to get crazy. But uh, would I change the thing? Absolutely not. I would make the same mistakes over again because, you know, I'm right where I need to be. And and I'm going to then that's why I'm going to make it. Amen. Amen. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, self, so I, I have. 
I have a, an agreement to a certain extent with you too. Uh, I man, self rescue is tough sometimes, though, right? Just yes, <laughs> you know. Sometimes, sometimes, and I think you know, as we move beyond intent uh, with this podcast, I think that maybe, or hopefully, I hope that that thought can evolve for you, so that you know that you got some really good ones that make it so you won't even, you know, obviously you're going to need to wade water until we get there. But, uh, I guess I'd just like to, you know, show people in general that there are going to be people there. You've just got to make sure that, you know, oh, you yeah. can keep Absolutely. yourself going until they get there. Absolutely. And, and, uh, and yeah, and that's, you know, I guess I would say one thing I don't want people to misunderstand with self-rescue, but, you know, you got to make it easy for the people who are coming to rescue you. You know, if, if if you're not willing to save yourself, there's no reason for other people to come and save you. Um, you know, but absolutely, absolutely. You know, and I think it goes with you fight hard because, you know, people have your back. Exactly. And, it, you know, and I wasn't taking anything away from what you said, but I just thought that that was probably what you meant in the long run anyway. Yeah, um, because it's a. You know, we talk about that whole mental health thing. It's it's kind of a dark and scary place when you got to self-rescue, but it's more about, you know, keeping yourself there and making sure that other people see the fight in you because other people see the fight in you and they're going to gravitate towards you. Right, absolutely. And, and fighting for yourself and taking care of yourself is not necessarily a cocky thing either. You know, people be like, oh, that person is only thinking about themselves. Sometimes we have to think about ourselves for our own mental well-being. Um, right. There are times in which we have to just be like, forget what everyone else thinks and forget what everyone else um, wants, wants me to do or whatnot and just do what's best for you to get yourself out of a, a pit or a hole. I mean, Dre, you said something about be your own superhero. Mm-hmm. And that is some great advice. I mean, that's some I have said to some kids. You got to be your own superhero. Don't wait for someone else to do something when you could do something great yourself. Right. And, and we live in yeah, a day. Like, if he doesn't make this awesome Christmas movie that he's talking about, <laughs> I might have to. Yeah, after our conversation, I might have to come in there and do it my dang self. Yeah, I mean, we may have to roll up on him together if he doesn't do this that movie. Oh, man, it's gonna happen. I'm here so I don't get fined. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, 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 it's all true. We gotta do things ourselves sometimes, and sometimes we have to motivate ourselves. There's some great motivational speakers and everything out there, but sometimes. We got to be willing to sit down and motivate ourselves and to move forward. All right. Well, Dre, it was wonderful having you on the podcast, sir, as we have for the last two, and we will for the foreseeable future. Would you like to mention anything before we close up shop for the day? Uh, just reminding people to uh, check out the Beyond Intent podcast. Uh, you guys are in for a treat. Uh, it, it only gets better from here, and we've started off with a bang. So uh, I'm super excited to share this with the world. And, uh, you know, don't forget to to check out anything that that any of us are doing. Uh, you know, TJ, you're gaming, and, and Adrian, you're coming out with some uh, some uh, motivational stuff. Um, you know, definitely check out 
films. You know, I have a lot of information online. Uh, you know, you'll see it on my stuff as, as well as everywhere else. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm excited. Amen. And, and on top of everything else he does, he's a promoter as well. He's promoting everything that we're doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is at a great time. And this has been the third of the uh, podcast where we, we introduce the world to who we are. And I thank you again, Andre, for opening up and letting the world see who you are beyond, beyond sports, music, football, business, movies. Thank you for opening up and sharing you with the world. Absolutely. Anytime. All right. Well, with that being said, listeners, thank you for joining us on the Beyond Intent podcast. And thank you, Dre, for letting us welcome you to the world. Until next time, be decent, be positive, be mindful, and above and beyond all, move forward with intent. Yes. And if you want to be heard, please reach out to us at beyondintent at gmail.com. And if you haven't already, do not forget to like us and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Keyword at beyondintent. Thank you, everybody.